Rolling Stones may have reached a peak while struggling with what rock bands in their 80s should sound like. The Rolling Stones delivered their most dynamic list of musical work in 40 years with Hackney Diamonds. At their age, this might be the last time album. Welcome to That's Life, I Swear. This podcast is about life's happenings in this world that conjure up such words as intriguing, frightening, life-changing, inspiring, and more. I'm Rick Barron, your host. That said, here's the rest of this story. On Christmas Day back in 2023, I was unwrapping Christmas presents, and I couldn't help but notice there was a small package that was wrapped in shimmering red paper resting on one of the tree's branches. As I tore open the wrapping, my heart leaped with exuberance. It was the latest masterpiece from the Rolling Stones, Hackney Diamonds. Further, without wasting a moment, I switched off the Christmas music and cranked up the volume to savor this musical gem. thought I'd share with you some of my enthusiastic thoughts on what I experienced while rocking out with the legendary Stones. Now, for some of you who are very young, allow me to give you a little history about these guys before diving into my critique. Listening to the Rolling Stones has been part of my life for quite some time. The Rolling Stones rock band started in London in 1962. The Stones have been active across seven decades, and they are one without question, one of the most popular and enduring bands of the rock era. In the early 1960s, the band pioneered a gritty, rhythmatically driven sound that came to define hard rock. The band played their first show billed as the, get this, the Rolling Stones, on July 12, 1962, at the Marquee Club in London. At that time, the band consisted of Brian Jones, Mick Jagger, Keith Richards, Ian Stewart, and Dick Taylor. I mean, these guys rose quickly to fame in the 1960s as part of the British invasion, challenging a fellow British band for rock supremacy, the Beatles. The band's early hits like Satisfaction and Painted Black showcased their bluesy rock sound and rebellious image. Over the years, they produced classic albums that included such hits as Exile on Main Street and Sticky Fingers. The Rolling Stones have weathered numerous lineup changes and personal challenges, with a core duel of Jagger and Richards remaining at the heart of the band. They've embarked on extensive world tours, becoming known for their electrifying live performances. Okay, enough of the history lesson. Let's talk about the album. Over the past 18 years, the Rolling Stones have navigated the music terrain that legendary rock bands are typically expected to traverse. I mean, the Stones have raked in substantial amounts of money by embarking on tours and belting out their classic hits, all while releasing archive collections that dive into the depths of their musical legacy. Now, this journey has been without its share of age-related challenges, including a health scare for the iconic frontman Mick Jagger back in 2019. Furthermore, they had to confront the sorrowful loss of their longtime drummer, Charlie Watts, who passed away at the age of 80 in 2021. However, on top of dealing with all this, the one thing that Rolling Stones refrained from doing during this period was releasing a fresh album of brand new songs. When they last presented an original uh, studio album, A Bigger Bang, to the public back in 2005, Olivia Rodrigo was just two years old. I mean, this situation can be likened back to the U2 problem, a challenge that many bands face as they age. It's a period marked by uncertainty about what new messages or expressions they can deliver to the world, leading to self-doubt. The creative process which once flowed effortlessly 
now demands a significant amount of effort. Fearing embarrassment and the inability to meet the high standards set by the past achievements, these bands often resort to playing it safe, shying away from creating new songs. Prior Stonewall albums like Voodoo Lounge back in 1994, Bridges to Babylon 1997, and A Bigger Bang did contain a handful of decent tracks. But if you put your ear closer to the speaker, one could hear the traces of strain and exertion, as if the band was struggling to mold fragments of melodies into memorable compositions. Now there's a notable shift. To the astonishment of many, the Rolling Stones declared the arrival of a new album, Hackney Diamonds. The album was released on October 29, 2023, and it stands out as a triumph. It was the first album of original material released by the Rolling Stones since 2005's A Bigger Bang, and their first since the 2001 death of drummer Charlie Watts, who contributed to some of the tracks in 2019. As I was listening to the album, I heard guest contributions from, gosh, I gotta say it, Legends of Music, Alton John, Lady Gaga, Paul McCartney, Stevie Wonder, and former Rolling Stones bassist Bill Wyman. I mean, they all smashed it on this album. For over a decade, Jagger and Richards, the pillars of the band, have been accumulating incomplete song fragments. In the past year, with the aspiration of assembling these musical puzzle pieces into a cohesive album, the band found an ally in Andrew Watt, a 32-year-old producer with a diverse track record having worked with contemporary stars like Post Malone, Justin Bieber, and Miley Cyrus, as well as seasoned rockers like Ozzy Osbourne. Watt introduced a degree of discipline that was surely missing into the creative process and also contributing musical ideas in addition to his production duties. He's credited as a co-writer on the first three tracks of the album, and each of them stands out as their record's highlights. Believe me, you gotta get this CD. The opening track, Angry, which was released as a single when the album was announced, boosts a characteristic riff from Keith Richards paired with a relaxed, well-worn melody from Mick Jagger. Get Close, an outstanding addition to the album, features an even more catchy hook from Richards and a welcome saxophone solo towards the song's conclusion. I mean, the addition of the saxophone is just sweet. There's also a hint of Elton John's piano playing in the mix, depending on you. A roasty ballad captivates with its heartfelt delivery by Mick Jagger, feeling as familiar and comfortable as one's favorite old shoes. While this opening trail of songs showcases impressive music, what truly sets Hackney Diamonds apart from its forerunners is its overall sonic character. I mean, in the classic Rolling Stones records of the late 60s and early 70s, Mick Jagger's vocals were relatively understated in the mix, I mean, portraying them as one of the many pivotal elements. However, over time, particularly starting in the 80s, his singing took a more prominent role. Now, by the 90s, it was occasionally necessary to move beyond his vocals to uncover the intricate guitar work. In contrast, Hackney Diamonds returns to a more balanced approach. I mean, you could just hear it through the vibes. Though Jagger's singing may be relatively less pronounced, his voice remains in astonishing form. I mean, it's incredible. In terms of range, power, and phrasing, it has retained remarkable consistency over the past four decades. With no aspiration to conform to contemporary trends or outshine other bands on the rock music scene, the Stones find themselves free to re revel in their true essence in this new album. This freedom leads to some surprises, such as the involvement of Paul McCartney 
and the track, Bite My Head Off. I love that title. Encouraged by Jagger's growling call. Come on, Paul, let's hear some bass. McCartney adds a clever, fuzz-infused bass filled to the bridge, injecting a fresh dynamic into the song. The band also maintains a straightforward lyric approach, as evidenced by the titles of most tracks, including Live by the Sword, Driving Me Too Hard, and Tell Me Straight. In an interview, Mick Jagger hinted at the existence of another dozen or so unfinished songs, some which might explore social commentary. As is often the case, a few tracks in the middle section of the album, like Mess It Up, Whole Wide World, are fairly decent, evoking memories of the well-crafted yet forgettable material from their recent studio releases. Nevertheless, these songs are uplifted by the band's easygoing swagger and their arrangements, and Jagger's spirited vocal delivery. The album concludes on an exceptionally high note, leaving the listener with the impression that it's even better than it appears. Sweet Sounds of Heaven, a breathtaking seven-minute gospel rocker, stands out as the very best on the CD, featuring Stevie Wonder on keyboards and background vocals from Lady Gaga. Now, Lady Gaga's performance seems to channel the spirit of Mary Clayton from the Rolling Stones' iconic 1969 track, Gimme Shelter. While not quite reaching those illustrious heights, it's a beautiful rendition. Finally, in the end, Hackney Diamonds wraps up with a stripped-down rendition of Muddy Waters, Rolling Stone Blues, performed by Jagger and Richards, with just voice, harmonica, and guitar. The Rolling Stone Blues song comes at the end of the band's most potent album in a considerable amount of time. It was a beautiful way to end it. Not sure how much gas the Rolling Stones have left in the tank. I mean, they're getting up there in their age. Mick Jagger is 80. Keith Richards is 79. And Ronnie Woods, the baby of the group, is 76. If this was indeed their final offering, which remains uncertain, the Rolling Stones would have undoubtedly concluded this illustrious career on a high note. So what can we learn from this story? What's the takeaway? On their first album in over 18 years, the Rolling Stones proved that age ain't nothing but a number. Hackney Diamonds is a vital-sounding return to form which channels the anger, lust, and vigor of their rock and roll heyday. The Rolling Stones have long been in uncharted territory. That doesn't bother them. They like that position. Keeping a band going for longer than anyone could ever imagine possible is somewhat unbelievable. There's simply no blueprint for being a rock and roll group for 60 years. They insist that this isn't their last album, that they already have most of the next record finished. God, I hope so. I mean, we could all use a little more satisfaction. Well, there you go, my friends. That's life, I swear. For further information regarding the material covered in this episode, I invite you to visit my website which you can find on either Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts, for show notes, calling on key pieces of the content mentioned, and the episode transcript. As always, I thank you for listening and your interest. Be sure to subscribe here or wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss an episode. See you soon.